You're listening to a curated podcast from the Beyond Infinity radio program broadcast live on Tuesdays from 11am from our Mornington studios in Victoria, Australia. Listen live on 98.7 or 98.3 FM or stream live from rwpfm.com.au. Presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. Now into our science and technology news, Virgin Galactic the business backed by that serial entrepreneur Richard Branson and also Paul Allen, one of the founders of Microsoft, was involved in developing the technology that got this started. Mm-hmm. It's to get space tourism going. It's a rocket that gets taken up to high altitude aboard another plane, the sort of mother plane, mm-hmm. and then released from that and it fires a rocket engine that goes up to low Earth orbit, gives you about five minutes of, of weightlessness and then returns, glides down like the um, space shuttle did oh, without yes. power yeah. and just glides down and lands like a glider would Mm. on the airstrip. They've had some delays, unfortunately. A couple of years ago, they had an accident during testing for the technology, and one of the pilots was killed, very sadly, in that accident. So they've had a hold on doing any launches. Mm -hmm. Just recently, they've done their first new test flight in an adapted technology that sort of supposedly learned some lessons from the accident they had a couple of years ago makes things safer because what happened two years ago I understand it was that the feathering technique so that the wings change shape to Mm re-enter this is a vital crucial part of the, the the system the feathering happened at the wrong time and that caused the accident Too much drag to on it. Yeah. yeah. So now they've apparently they've got locks and they've got systems which mean that that just can't happen. So mm-hmm. they've, they've upgraded the safety measures. This was a, a safe flight. It's called Spaceship 2 VSS Unity. That's Virgin Spaceship Unity was the craft that safely and successfully completed that supersonic rocket-powered flight. And, and not very cheap once it gets up and running, is it? I remember it's in, in yeah, it's the millions a, or something. People who've got deposits, so this is the thing, there are thousands of people who are still waiting to ride on board as space tourists and each paid, I think it was hundreds of thousands of dollars as a deposit, mm-hmm. maybe not the full amount, but as a deposit. They will be relieved that there's some progress, but the whole venture is proving harder to achieve and is taking much longer than expected. Good news there from Virgin Galactic, the successful test flight of Spaceship 2 VSS Unity. Now, just moving on with the news, there is a flesh-eating bug outbreak that is believed to need urgent research and Mm. funding from the government to overcome. It's a nasty and clever bug that causes what's known as the Baruli ulcer. I've seen photos of uh, of this. You know, some of the bad cases really do look horrible. It comes with a warning if you're going to search for it yourself. Yeah, yeah. It, it, some of the. I think there was a, a a boy aged about 11 who had this on his knee. I mean, I think eventually with plastic surgery and and a long course of antibiotics, maybe taking you know six months to a year to actually fully recover, mm-hmm. he got over it. It's a nasty bacteria. It's related to leprosy and tuberculosis. It's previously been known in Africa, but not in Australia. But at the moment, researchers are saying that we've really got to epidemic levels it was on only, the Mornington Peninsula and the Bellarine Peninsula, so it, south of Melbourne. It was only 10 to 30 cases a few years ago, but that mm. has actually jumped in 2017 to around about 110 cases. So quite a significant uh, rise in, in this issue. That's right. It's also expensive to treat. The cost of treating each infection averages about 14000 Australian dollars per case, and it's believed the total cost of the disease in Victoria in 2016 was likely to be more than $2.5 million Australian dollars. So mm. it ain't cheap so yeah. there's a financial incentive for health authorities to get on top of this you know and there's no clear indicator as to what the exact cause no that's is, yeah. right they don't believe it's caused by human to human transmission it seems to get going in wetlands because mm-hmm. that's the type of land there is in, in the, on the Bellarine and, and in Mornington Peninsulas mm-hmm. somehow those conditions are favorable for this thing to uh, develop 
as I said, it can be cured. Uh, it doesn't. Rec- it's very, very rare that it would require amputation. Mm-hmm. Although in bygone years uh, that might have been the way that they yeah. have to deal with it. But nevertheless, it really does do some damage, and it's quite a nasty disease. It causes this ulcering effect, but it also suppresses the immune system and contains an anaesthetic that means the initial infection is often painless and can go unnoticed. Yeah, right. It's unfortunate. They need to look at things like where does the bacteria naturally live and multiply? How is it transmitted to humans? What role do animals and insects play, if any? What environmental factors allow the bacteria to grow? Why is the disease spreading into new areas, such as the peninsula south of Melbourne? And why are cases becoming more severe? We'll keep you posted on that one, but that uh, flesh-eating bug outbreak south of Melbourne is a worry, and the number of cases has uh, reached epidemic proportions. That's according to researchers at Melbourne University. Now, some exciting news from Red Bull. You've, uh, you may have followed Red Bull. Felix Baumgartner was a guy who uh, jumped out of a hot air balloon at very high altitude. It was to try to set... A, world record. Yeah, world yeah. record. He did this a few years ago, and I think he did achieve the world record. The thing about this that was really cool was that it, it actually attracted, I think, the biggest number of, of uh, YouTube viewers. So it was streamed live on YouTube, and I think there were 8 million people, and that's a record for that online platform. They're aiming to do a similar thing, but this time they want to actually retrace the historic mission of Apollo to the moon. Mm-hmm. So it's a lander that will release two rovers. The target of the rovers is to actually visit the Apollo 17 landing site, mm-hmm. which was the last the lander, yep. and actually go and visit th- and, and examine the, the footprints of the astronauts mm-hmm. and even have a look at the rover which they left on the surface mm. of the moon. Now, apparently they're going to do this in kind of a respectful way because these landing sites have been almost designated heritage sites mm-hmm. on the moon. I'm not sure how sort of formalised that's become, but a lot of people who don't want these things sort of interfered with too much. Mm-hmm. They're going to go to Apollo 17 and they're going to, the whole thing's going to be this big media extravaganza, as you'd expect from Red Bull. They're going to stream it. There's going to be a, a soundtrack. There's three shows. They're going to monetise it in some way. So that's right. Yeah. There's going to be three shows live across multiple devices in various forms, including the start of the mission from Earth, the landing of what's called the Alina spacecraft on the moon, and the first glimpse of the original lunar rover vehicles. So an exciting venture there. Let's hope it gets going. That will mark 50 years since the first landing. So that's scheduled for 2019. A couple of uh, other space-related stories. SpaceX is going to launch NASA's TESS Planet Hunter, and it's due to happen any day. I think there's been a couple of delays. I saw on the news this morning some delays, technical delays, but it's hopefully going to happen in the next few days. That's a transiting exoplanet survey satellite using tra- the transiting technique to locate where extrasolar planets are when they transit in front of their parent star they mm-hmm. you know there's a little blip in the light that's mm-hmm. emitted from that star and that tells them that there's some object in orbit there it's often an exoplanet in fact now they believe after kepler and other studies have been made they believe that most stars in the universe have planets yeah, around right. them mm-hmm. so tess is going to find a lot more of them it's a two-year survey of the solar neighborhood more information on tess.gsfc.nasa.gov and finally and uh, you know a bit more about this than me john spacex's internet from space network i think it's about four thousand satellites has just recently won approval from the fcc in that's America. right so that's going to go ahead that uh, big project of Elon Musk. when we last reported it that was the first roadblock or one of the roadblocks that they were you know, going through but uh, they've now been given permission and it is four thousand four hundred and twenty five satellites which um will one day provide internet service from space fantastic john what have you got for us well gmail is going through a bit of a redesign a few new features being added in, added which, is in. That on, which is that internet-based service very popular from google yes something that i use every 
every single day. It, they're moving more to the you know, material design philosophy. Material design is an Android type feature design and, right. and that will be sort of merging into the web-based side as well. So it's going to include things like Smart Reply, which has been available on your device, but this is being able to just sort of tap a button and, you know, saying thank you or, or you know, yes, I'll, I'll be there soon or, you know, it's a, a very quick reply. And it, it's using the AI smart technology to work out what the reply should be or how you may respond, you know, right. normally there. Okay. Um, another option uh, that, that's coming up or feature is uh, snooze and email. So if you're a bit busy at that time and think, oh, I need to review that, but I just don't want to look at it now, you can actually press snooze and sort of wait till the time later in the day. Okay. Another thing is uh, confidential emails. So this is what grabbed my eye. And this is basically allowing you to send an email to another party and actually block them or prevent them from copying, forwarding, downloading or printing that email. So if you've got something that's private or confidential, uh, this feature could be for you. There are a few other features. We'll put uh, links to those uh, in the show notes. It's a big but, revamp. Um, it's a bit of a revamp. Do you need yeah. to run, I know that there's a, a special app or a specific app for Gmail. I think it's called Inbox. Mm-hmm. I wonder whether you need to run, you get these features through the Inbox app or you just get them through the normal version of Gmail. Yeah, Inbox, I'm not sure how that's going. There are the two systems. They mm. both use Gmail. I think people have been stuck in their ways with yeah. Gmail yep. and some of the features from Inbox are probably migrating across and maybe one day we'll see a merging of the two. But mm. at this stage, um, Gmail is, is by far the, the popular one that, that people yep. are using yep. at this stage. Mm. Moving along... The solar roof by Tesla, which we reported on some time ago, is running in one of the first retail environments. Obviously, they've done their testing on location. So these and, are tiles yeah. that look like roof tiles, exactly. but are actually solar panels that, yeah. can, that can convert the sun's energy into electricity for you. So when you're building a new house, you have the option to you know put tiles on your roof, mm. which is obviously an expense. Mm. And then you can look at putting solar panels on top of those tiles. Yep. Yep. So why not combine the two and then maybe reduce some costs? It's a really that. smart thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's actually started and it seems to be quite a successful beginning to it as well. There's been a small number of houses that have had these tiles installed and just recently uh, had a couple of those connected directly into the grid as is well. Is this in the States or Australia? This is in the States. It's okay, California cool. at this okay, stage. that's where it's starting, yep. There's outputs of you know, five kilowatts, for example, on a cloudy late morning, which is you know quite a, a reasonable kind of output. Yep. Just finally from me, the NBN has launched the fibre to the curb technology. So this is FTTC. We've got a number of different things. This is part of that MTM or multi-technology mix that NBN has worked on the last few years with the Liberal government. And Fibre to the Curb basically allows for the fibre to go right up to the driveway in your home. So we've got Fibre to the Premise, FTTP, which goes right up to the house. And that was pitched by the Liberal government as the most expensive premium option and they couldn't afford to do that for everybody. So they compromised and said, well, let's do the Fibre to the Node, which is the green box, which has been going in the street. Yep. And the, that last little run is by Copper Cable, your telephone lines. Mm-hmm. And now they're introducing the fibre to the curb, which takes that fibre right up to your driveway and then connects from there. And presumably, as I think you said off air, that you could pay, you potentially could pay to get the fibre. It's, it's, it's going to still cost you quite a lot, but then you've got fibre from the curb into your house if you want to have the fastest speed possible. I, I think it leaves up that option open. They're yep. not explicitly saying you can do that at this stage. Mm. It's significantly more difficult to do that with the fibre to the node um, mm. but this option for sure now unfortunately uh, people with the fibre to the node it's not going to help them in any way so if you've already got that in your street it's already installed that's done it's They're done not going to come and change that it's mm. already it's only for new installs so for mm. example there's Coburg in victoria around about a thousand homes there and miranda in new south wales will be the okay. first to see this technology 
Thanks for listening. And head to beyondinfinity.com.au for the best bits from the live show or to connect with us on social media. We welcome your feedback and suggestion for future shows.